Welcome everyone to today's daily directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. Well, happy Monday, friends. I'm so glad you're here joining us again this week for our daily directional. Today, we're going to be looking once again at James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And I'm sticking with it for one more day because I'd like to read it to us in the message version. I just have felt like with this section of scripture, it opened something really kind and nice and very accessible in these words from Eugene Peterson. So this is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. When you open your mouth is the heading. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world. Turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father, and with the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? The way that Eugene Peterson phrases all of this opens up for me a piece of maybe the gentleness again, we talked about that a lot last week, of God's heart. There's kind of a difficult line that we face in knowing our humanity is fragile And it is fallible, which means that it's easy for us to fall into the trap of doing things wrongly or dipping into a place of sin. And that place of sin may be something that is not willfully wrong every time, but we still get it wrong just because of things that we don't know or understand fully or places or ways where our hearts are not yet pure. 
And I think it's really easy for us to tip into a space of shame or frustration when it comes to that hard line of kind of feeling like no matter what I do, I will always fail. But I don't think that that's really God's heart for us. And I don't think that's the way that he wants us to read scripture. I don't think that's what James is saying either. He's giving a warning, but it is on purpose to instruct us to do better. And I think that as we consider our tongues and the possibility that they have so much power within them, so we need to be incredibly careful with them. We also need to hold in tension the other subject matter within the whole of James. We need to remember wisdom. That's what he's really pointing us to over and over. And that it takes wisdom in order to have our tongues tamed. And perseverance and steadfastness. It's this sense of continuing on in consistency that is so important while also holding the tension of the knowledge that we're just really inconsistent people as humans. And the third piece is this whole idea of actionable faith that he talks so much about in chapter two, and actually we're coming up to again in chapter four. And when it comes to our actions, perhaps we need to expand our definition of action, (laughs) that it's not just the service of our hands or the movement of our bodies or uh, something that we do physically in action. But I actually think that the decision to communicate and the choice to use our tongues and mouths and words, that's a part of our action. That's a part of our believing that God is who he says he is and choosing to declare it. Now, James obviously said in chapter two and warned, you can't just say things. It can't be empty words. It has to be accompanied by action. So our words and our actions, they have an interesting relationship. They are connected to each other in a vital way. What we say and what we do needs to match in order for our witness and for our modeling to be as strong and influential and important as God would like it to be. I think it's really important, this piece that Eugene Peterson points out just by saying it slightly different than the other versions that we've looked at, where he says, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Such an important thing for us to remember and to consider today truly how much our words matter. So what it brings to mind is actually a lot of teacher friends, because <laughs> here we are still in this section where it says, don't be in a rush to become a teacher, friends, because it is highly responsible work. It is because teachers use their voices. They use their words. They communicate over and over and over to the children, people, students <laughs> who are listening to them important messages. We want to be teaching correctly, teaching rightly. My challenge to us today is to consider what we're saying, how we're saying it, and how much are we encouraging other people. You may use your words with great influence and to great impact. You may use your words for good, for love, for speaking and offering grace and mercy. Those things can accomplish so much. 
so much more than sometimes we can even fathom. And yet on the flip side, a careless word, a mean or pointed word can also turn an entire relationship on its head. It doesn't take much for a child to be influenced by the negative things that are said. And actually, that's true of all of us. There's science that has been done upon the the correlation that our brains have between criticism and praise. And it is incredibly difficult for us to hold on to and remember encouraging praiseworthy things. It takes a lot of repetition. It takes us really paying attention, holding eye contact with someone for a significant amount of time and letting those good positive words sink in. And yet, unfortunately, the negative ones, they stick with us really easily. We hear them, they repeat again and again in our minds. It is important for us to take critique, criticism, negative comments and consider them. But it is also important for us to recognize that there's something we need to learn to let go. And as the person doing the communicating, we have to recognize that we do have responsibility towards what we speak over the people around us. That reminds me, really importantly, I think, of the idea of prophecy and maybe even the spiritual gift of prophecy. Prophecy itself is the process of hearing from the Lord and speaking out what it is that he says. Prophets in the Old Testament had a pretty direct line of communication with God. He would give them messages and ask them to be his mouthpiece. They would speak out his words to entire nations and people groups. Now we have the Holy Spirit within us, and every single one of us can hear directly from the Lord. It really is a two-way conversation. And it's so important for us to open our ears, to take the time to listen, to know what God is saying, not only about ourselves and our current moment, but also about the people around us. I think it's an important part of praying for them, not just to bring our petitions before the Lord, but to actually sit with God and say, who do you say that they are? What are you wanting to do in their lives? Will you lead and guide my prayers? Will you tell me what it is that you're speaking over them? And then when we hear, it is such a faithful obedience to speak that out over them. It's such a blessing to hear those kinds of holy words. And I do pray that the Holy Spirit will allow those good and proper and encouraging and truth-filled and grace-filled things to stick with us and to not just lodge themselves in our minds and in our ears in a way that repeats, but also that it makes the journey from our heads all the way down into our hearts gets lodged there because it is the truth. So my prayer for us today, friends, is that we will recognize that by our speech, we can ruin the world. We can turn harmony into chaos. We can throw mud on a reputation. We can send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Or we can be aware. We can be cautious. We can ask the Lord to season our speech with the salt of his word and the power of his spirit. And we can go into the world knowing 
that what we say matters and how we say it matters.